You are listening to the Sunnybrook Unscripted podcast, where we talk real life, answer questions, and take a deeper practical look at the topics we talk about on a Sunday morning. To learn more about Sunnybrook Church, including our Sunday gathering times and opportunities throughout the week, visit us online at sunnybrookchurch.org. Today, we are talking with Pastor Jeff Mose. Well, welcome or welcome back to the Sunnybrook Unscripted Podcast. I am Lydia Miller here with my dad, Pastor Jeff, and we are launching today into a brand new podcast series that goes along with the series that we are doing on Sunday mornings. If you haven't been there, we have started a series entitled God Is, and it's a series where we're kind of taking a look at the attributes or characteristics of God. And obviously that's a subject that we could talk about really for the rest of our lives and still not cover all of it. Very much so. I mean, that's what theology is. Theology is the study of God and all of our lives. We're trying to get to know him in greater ways. And I just think this is a great thing to be delving into together as a church. So we thought maybe we would just take what we talk about on Sunday morning. We're going to add in some new characteristics here and there. We're going to dive deeper into some characteristics that we're going to talk about on Sunday morning and just launch into basically how can we know God and his character and who he is better so that what we talked about on Sunday, what we feel about God doesn't become what we believe to be true about God, that we have a better understanding of who he is. So to kind of start, because I have a feeling you're going to mention this kind of idea In the land of theology, when we talk about the characteristics of God, a lot of times the phrases communicable and incommunicable characteristics are used. So can you explain what the difference between those are? Yeah, let's talk about that for a moment because I think it's critical. Communicable attributes are this. I have the ability to sort of communicate them, God, to humans. You and I can understand them. You and I possess them because we've been created in the image of God. Kind of like a communicable disease, you know, it's something that can be communicated, it's something that can be transferred. Uh, Same is true with regards to God. So communicable attributes would be like mercy or love or goodness. Those are things God possesses, but you and I as followers of him uh, and created in the very image of God can possess those things as well. Incommunicable attributes refers to the fact that they belong to God and to God alone, that you and I are not divinity, we are not God. So incommunicable attributes would be things like omnipresent, omniscient, omnipotent. Those are things that belong to God and to God alone. So today we're going to be covering um, an incommunicable attribute of God. We're going to be covering the kind of characteristic of omnipresence. And it's probably something that people have heard when they've heard about God's characteristics. It usually seems to be one of the first ones that is named, and you can probably put together what it means. But can you share with us what omnipresence means in relation to God? Uh, Again, it's just this phrase that actually is a conjunction of two words, omni meaning all, and then obviously present meaning the presence of God. So in other words, the presence of God is everywhere. It's in all places, at all times. That's the idea behind omnipresent. And again, from his very beginning, again, not that God has a beginning and an end, but he's always been omnipresent. He's always been everywhere and is to this very day. And I think sometimes when we think of omnipresence, we can think, well, God just kind of sparses himself out everywhere, that there's a little bit of God in every area, but that really isn't true. No, not at all. In fact, it's one of the things we talk about in the New Testament, especially in the coming of the Holy Spirit, this idea that the presence of God is in all places and all times, and all of the presence of God is there. So, you know, he has your full attention. He's not 
like the mom who's watching her kids, but she's also on her phone and she's kind of preoccupied. I know that's not true ever of you. Uh, But the idea is just simply this. He's not only everywhere, but all of his being is there with you, which I think is incredible Mm -hmm. that the omnipresence of God goes with you wherever you go. In fact, it used to be in the catechism, we would kind of give this idea, we'd ask this question to kids, hey, where does God live? And most kids will say, he lives in heaven. Mm -hmm. And you want to be careful how you say this to kids, but that's a wrong answer. The right answer is he's everywhere. He's in your heart, he's in your home, he's in the church, he's out when you play baseball, he literally is everywhere in this world. So there's no place that you and I can go that the presence of God is not already there. I think there is a portion of that, like you just said, that's incredibly comforting, that no matter what situation you're in, no matter if you feel him there or not, all of him is there and present. But there's also a side of it, and I've felt this before in my life, where you see things that happen and you think, well, if God's presence is everywhere, if you know this mass shooting is happening, if child abuse is happening, if these horrible things are happening, maybe even particularly in my own life, and the presence of God is there, why isn't he doing anything? Yeah, I think that's probably the most difficult question for Christians to sort of struggle with and go over is this idea is if God's present, if I'm there in a tragedy in life. If I'm in a car accident and he was present, then why didn't he intervene? I I think that's true of any situation in life that's tragic or difficult or painful, is we're always asking that question, why? And and certainly with suffering, you and I recognize sometimes it's because of our sins. Sometimes it's just that the glory of God might be put on display, uh, all of those kinds of things. But that's where we just have to trust that God who is sovereign, meaning he's over all things in life, knows better than you and I do. And even in his presence, sometimes he does intervene, Mm -hmm. uh, but sometimes he chooses not to. And again, all of the difficulty in this world obviously comes as a result of sin. And sometimes God intervenes and sometimes he doesn't. Mm -hmm. And why that is, I think we'll only know one day in his presence. I'm glad you mentioned that, how sin intervenes, how the evil one intervenes, because as just as important it is for us to know that God is present everywhere at all times, the evil one is not. Yeah, and I think that's a critical distinction, because we often think that the evil one is omnipresent as well. He's not. He has the ability to only be in one place at one time. So if God can be in all places at all times, the evil one cannot. Now, he has a bunch of demons. Remember in Revelation chapter 12, it says, you know, when Lucifer is kicked out from heaven with a sweep of his tail, he takes a third of the angels with him who now become sort of his demons, his messengers, if you will. So so there's certainly uh, demons in many places. But the reality is Satan himself can be only one place at one time. He does not possess what God does in terms of this omnipresent. That belongs to God and to the divine alone not to the evil one. So I just think it's a good thing for us to remind ourselves of. It's one of the reasons Jesus would later say, hey, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, because, uh, again, the one who's in the world can only be at one place in one time. But God, God can be in all places, all times. I think there's such a comforting aspect of that. And I think sometimes we're very good at feeling, okay, God is in this moment with me. But we also need to remember that God's presence expands over time as well, that he's present in every moment at all times, which is really hard to wrap your mind around. Yeah. uh, The thought is this, is that God is already at the very place you're going to be. So sometimes we think to ourselves, hey, is it possible, you know, that he's been good to me today, but 
I'll get into a situation where maybe his presence won't go with me. That's just not true. In fact, I always remind myself almost on a daily basis that even in this day, as I go into a new day or the tomorrow, whatever it might be, God's already been there. Um, and it's sort of the promise of the Holy Spirit, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, if we talk about that for a moment, there, there was an issue with regards to Jesus as well. When he was here on the face of the earth in the incarnation, he only had the ability to be in one place at one time. And it's one of the reasons, remember he would say to his disciples, hey, listen, it's actually better for you if I were to go away. Mm-hmm. Well, better for you to go away. I mean, what's better than having you right alongside him? He said, listen, if I go away, then I can send the comforter the Holy Spirit, who has the ability to be in all places at a long time. While he limited himself here on this earth to a body, he could only be in one place at one time. But now he was sending the Holy Spirit, who was actually going to indwell us and have the ability to be in all places at all times. So I, I think there's tremendous comfort in that, to know that you and I take the presence of God with us through the power of the Holy Spirit wherever we go, because he resides in our very heart. Yep. It just gives all new meaning to those verses that we like to repeat to ourselves out for. I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you. When you can recognize that God is already well into your future, it's not an empty promise. It's a promise that he's already been in. No, and it's a promise, I think, of a couple of things. It's a promise of guidance Mm -hmm. in the sense that, you know, he's going to guide our lives if we're willing to submit to it. Doesn't mean you and I can't head in our own direction and do our own thing. But if the presence of God has taken up residence inside of us, then he'll sort of guide and direct our every step from there. Gives us a sense, too, I think, where we need to mind ourselves that we can have victory over sin because, again, he's with us. You know, often we quote that scripture from 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 10 where it says, No temptation has seized you except what is common to man, and God is faithful, meaning he's with you. His presence is there. He's always going to provide for you a way of escape so you can avoid Uh, sin and temptation and those kinds of things because the presence of God is with you. I often think even in today's day and age when so many people struggle with anxiety, Mm. just the idea in the midst of, you know, turmoil that's going on inside of you to remind yourself that the presence of God is with you. (laughs) And I know you struggle with flying on airplanes and those (laughs) kinds of things that you get nervous and fearful, but to remind yourself, even in those difficult moments, Mm -hmm. that the presence of God goes Mm -hmm. with you. Um, You remember that story, and I think it's from Exodus chapter 3, where God is actually speaking to Moses, and he commands Moses to go before Pharaoh, and uh, then Pharaoh, or Moses becomes rather nervous, because he says, I'm not a good speaker. And then God says this to him, listen, my presence will go with you. That, That will be sort of the difference maker in anything I call you to do. I wouldn't call you to do something, except that I would go with you. And I I just think for all of us, maybe even fearful of evangelism or those kinds of things to remind ourselves that the presence of God goes with us. And it's so easy to see those stories or hear those stories in scripture and and think to ourselves, well, yeah, God was present there. He's speaking through a bush to Moses. We obviously see him actively moving, but reminding ourselves that there's no more God anywhere, that he exists everywhere. So what, what about the moments? I think we've probably all had moments where we sense and feel the presence of God. And I think we've also all had, have had deserts where it feels like, I don't feel anything. Is there anything we can do to just tap into feeling the presence of God if, it, if he truly is everywhere? Yeah. I, I would say this, and this just in my own personal life. I, I, I'm not sure I can give you chapter and verse on this, but I would always say when I don't feel close to God, and the old cliche is this, guess who moved? Not you, but, or not God, but you. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. I think I've got to, first of all, uh, examine my own heart. I think what 
sort of blocks that feeling of the presence of God is usually sin. Uh, remember in John chapter 13 where Jesus went around and washed the feet of the disciples and then he came to Peter and you know Peter says, listen, then wash all of me. Listen, he who's bathed needs only to wash his feet. There's, there's a sense in which in a daily basis you and I got to confess our sin. We're, we're always children of God, so we're not going to lose that with regards to our sin. But there is an intimacy that is blocked when you and I sin. So I think the first thing you need to do if you don't sense the presence of God in your life is Spend some time in confession. God, could you search my heart, Holy Spirit? Could you look, see uh, where I've fallen, where I'm short, what I'm not seeing, what needs to be confessed before you? And I do think spending time in a word, time in prayer, I mean, it's like any relationship. You know, we spend no time with somebody and then wonder, where in the world are they? How come they don't ever show up? And I think the same is true with God, that you and I need to spend time in his word, time in his presence. And then I think when you and I move in a direction that God calls us to go, then I think that's when his presence shows up. Uh, people often say in the midst of ministry, I see in this Hope Center and elsewhere, we go, man, when I'm serving the Lord, that's when I feel closest to God. Yeah, there's a reason for that. Uh, because God uh, you know, comes alongside, his hand of affirmation is upon you, he uses you, and we feel like we're sort of this vessel and this tool of God, and there is this closeness that takes place. So those are some of the things I kind of recognize in my own life. Mm -hmm. If you are someone that maybe you want to delve a little bit deeper into the omnipresence of God, or even just the general characteristics, we've purchased some resources at the church. They'll be at the four store on Sunday morning if you want to pick one up. There's three incredible books. There's a couple by Jen Wilkin um, that talk about the attributes of God, and then one by Tony Evans that does the same thing. So I would encourage you uh, to look at those and see if those would maybe be something that you'd be interested in delving into. But we will join you next week as we continue this series on God is. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcast. To experience other talks, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at sunnybrookchurch.org or download the Sunnybrook Church app. And again, thanks for listening to the Sunnybrook Community Church Podcast.